Good morning, little masters, and welcome to today's Tolkien Times. I'm the man of the West, also from the Prancing Pony podcast. Thank you for joining me for folks' favorite Fandom Friday. Now, every Friday, I get the chance to visit with somebody from the wider world of the Tolkien fandom. Writers and artists, musicians, scholars, craftsmen, content creators, and a lot more. Today, I'm pleased to introduce a good friend of the podcast's plural. In fact, he's been on the Prancing Pony podcast twice in the last year to talk about his new book, which is precisely what we'll be talking about here today. Now, Pity, Power, and Tolkien's Ring is a deep dive into one of the key themes of The Lord of the Rings. The book came out in December, and if you don't have a copy yet, please press pause right now and go fix that. We'll have links in the show notes. But folks, in the meantime, please join me in welcoming to the show, Thomas P. Hillman. Thank you, Alan. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it's a privilege. And uh, yeah, you know, you and I have had a, a couple of chances to talk about your book over on the PPP. But the chat mm -hmm. that Matt and I enjoyed with you recently, well, that actually won't be released on the main show until early in February. So we okay. have to give our TTT listeners a little bit of a preview. Why don't you go ahead oh, and okay. tell Yeah, it's going to be great. So tell us about the All paradox right. that pity is necessary to destroy the ring, but not sufficient to protect Frodo from its power and corruption. Right. Well, if, if you think in um, in the shadow of the past, Gandalf makes great places great emphasis on uh, the importance of the pity of Bilbo yeah. and how it may rule the fate of many. Okay. But at the same time, when Frodo says, "Well, this is just too big a thing for me. Here, you take it." Yeah. And Gandalf refuses to take it, and he says, "Don't tempt me." And yeah. he says, "Because pity is the way of the ring to my heart." That's right. And so, you know, th this kind of creates this, this paradox where you're like, well, okay, so pity is the thing that may save everyone, but it won't necessarily save one person. Right. You know, so, so it, 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 you know, so Gandalf, uh, you know, would, would, would fall uh, to the power of the ring. Uh, and so it's, but it's, it's, and so I started thinking, well, how does this work? You know, how did this work? And one of the, the big moments, you know, I, I thought is when I realized that, well, of course, you know, the, the you know pity may rule the fate of many, but that's what the ring was created to do—to rule the fate of many. To rule the fate of many, and so you've got this opposition, and so it's like, how does Interesting. pity, you know, how do how do pity and the ring work together? Right. You know, because they obviously they do. Uh, there 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 is a, a tension there, yeah. a dynamic there between them. And so I just kind of started following that thread. Boy, and you and know. when did you know that was going to actually be a book and not a blog post on your on your amazing blog? It has to be said. Well, a, a, a lot a lot of the early stuff. There's just a lot of stuff in there that did originate on my blog. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, as I worked out so many different pieces of it, and I guess it was probably about five years ago or so, six years ago, that I decided, you know. I want to, you know, I, 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 I want to take this thing all the way Yeah. and not just, you know, and, and you know, cause I, 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 most of the blog stuff was, it was, it was like scattered all over the right. place. It was, there was the thing on Boromir and then there was the, you know, there's a bunch of stuff on Gollum. Yeah. Uh, but, but there, there was no kind of like real, uh, continuous, like a unifying uh, thread running all the way exactly. through. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so, but, but, you know, seeing, you know, seeing that to figure out what was going on. With pity, I had to figure out what was going on with the ring. And yeah. I had to figure out how the two of them, the, how the dynamic between the two of them works out. Because that's and and to do that, I had to start at the beginning of the book and walk through, go on that journey to Mordor 
with Frodo yeah. and, and Sam and back again. And more and, than just the book, more than just the Lord of the Rings, because you actually start with Bilbo finding the ring, don't you? True, true. Yeah. Because when because the, once Tolkien decided that the ring wasn't just Uncle Bilbo's magic ring of timely invisibility. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, useful for ducking Which is a very relatives. nice thing to have, frankly, if it's mm -hmm. not possessed mm -hmm. by the evil spirit of Sauron. Yeah. Precisely, precisely. You know, and once Tolkien realized that, what the ring actually was, which he didn't really until they'd gotten to Rivendell, you know, because in the in in the initial drafts, it's like he knows it's something else, but he doesn't know exactly yeah. what, you know. Uh, and it was and, and because once he got there, and it turns out the ring just wasn't this useful thing, but, and it is a useful thing. True. Uh, you know, when 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 Gandalf when Gandalf tells Frodo that uh, Bilbo has left him the ring, Frodo's response is that might prove useful. And Gandalf's like, no, oh, yeah. no, that's Frodo. the last thing you want to do, my friend. Yes. No. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thinking it's useful is, yes, it will be useful for a while. Uh, but but anyway, the uh, once he did that and went back and, and decided that the, what what Bilbo, the story that Bilbo had told Gandalf and the dwarves yeah. and had put in his book about getting the ring was a lie. That kind of recontextualizes everything in the Hobbit. Yeah, it does. You know, as vis-a-vis as, as the Lord of the Rings, and it and it kind of establishes, you know, that the Hobbit, the, that uh, chapter five of the Hobbit, as this real uh, uh, turning point. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, that, and and that kind of keeps getting repeated because there's any number of moments throughout the Lord of the Rings where. It's like that scene gets almost the, the scene with with Bilbo standing behind Gollum, yeah, thinking I'm going to kill him, and right. then realizing I'm going to no, stab I, him, I'm going to put his that. eyes I'm out, right, right, exactly. You know, uh, where he goes through that kind of moment of panic, where he's going like, ah, stab him, and put his eyes out. No, right, that's not right, and 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 that moment gets repeated. You know, A it, lot. you see it in the Barrow. You know where Frodo thinks, "Oh, let me run. I can run away. Yeah, and Gandalf I can abandon my friends and and be all right." Yeah, right. And if he does, he does that, he becomes Gollum. Yeah, in essence. And Gandalf yeah. essentially uh, says as much when he makes it all the way to Rivendell. I remember that moment. That's the one where Gandalf says, "That was the closest call. That yes. was, yes. that was the the key moment. Not getting stabbed by Weathertop, but mm -hmm. choosing not to succumb to 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 that temptation to abandon his friends there." Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because it's that that's the real thing. It's just like, you know, uh Isildur saying, No, nah, I'm gonna keep this. Yeah. You know, uh well, you know, uh, uh Kyrdon and Elrond are jumping up and down. <laughs> you know, uh you know, going, No, no, throw it away. But uh but anyway And he does eventually uh, you know, come around, poor guy. He does sort of get the uh um, yeah. the, the short end but of the I, stick I in a lot of people's minds, but you know, he does, he kind of like Barmir. Yeah. You know, uh, because people, uh, you know, I mean, I can, but it's like, you know, the thing is that it was my birthday present. I found it. I won it. Yeah. Uh, it is it's a miracle. It's yeah. all the same lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all the same lie. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's all to justify the ring is mine. Yeah. You know, um, and it just kind of seems odd that I, you know, I talk about this in the book, right? I about Isildur's siding. Oh well, I, I'm going to give the ring to to like Elrond and 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 you know and and Círdan. Yeah, they were right. I should have listened to them. And so, what does he do? Does he go to Mordor and throw the ring in? No, he he leaves Gondor and starts heading north. Yeah, well, goes right past uh, 
uh, uh, Lothlorien, you know, where there was somebody who could have probably helped him with That's this. That's a good point. I mean, he, he was going yeah. to Rivendell, but you make the, the valid point that he could have probably had a little stop in Lothlorien. He's going in the wrong direction if he yeah. wants to, get, you know, because like, you think Elrond and Cirdan are going to take the ring? No. Can he conceivably think that Elrond and Cirdan are going to take the you ring? You know, that's a very good point. I mean, because I, I I think of that as sort of Isildur's redemption moment, right? And the fact that he's decided mm -hmm. it was wrong for me to keep it. I'm going to take it to the elves. They'll know what to do with it. But you're right. Mm -hmm. He is going the wrong direction because right. if there's ever going to be a time where you could go to Mordor and destroy the ring, it would be at time. that point. There mm -hmm. is no power mm -hmm. in Mordor right then. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. It, it, it would be perfectly... It would ne there was never a better opportunity. No. You know, it was absolutely doable. There's nobody in your way. Just take it right there with the cracks of doom. Who's going to stop you? Precisely, precisely. And and you know, but that's that's part of the thing about the ring. One of the first, you know, uh, you know, victims of uh, one of the first things victims that the ring claims is your uh, is is your honesty. Yeah. You know, because it's like it's like I mean, I'm sure you know, I'm sure in, in Isildur's head, he thought he was. But you know, just like what would have I'm happened sure when it came said, to actually weird... giving the ring back up right. to them? Exactly. It's it, it's he's uh you know he, he, you end up deceiving yourself. Yeah, that's you a know, good point. You end up lying to yourself. You know, I got to say that's a huge aha moment for me because mm -hmm. I've always, like I said, seen that as sort of Isildur's uh, redemption moment. But in a way, that segues perfectly mm -hmm. to my next question, which was, mm -hmm. what was the biggest aha moment that you had in writing the book? Well, there there were so many. Um, I think it's hard. <laughs> top three, top three. Uh, okay. I think seeing that what disturbs Boromir so much when Galadriel tests him mm -hmm. is that she's a mirror yes. he sees himself reflected in her because they both want they both want the same thing they yeah. want to preserve their you know their and they, they all, there's also the kind of like you know monarchy fantasy that, yeah. that goes in there because both of them talk about that in their in their moment of temptation that was a uh uh, uh you know a, a, an important realization was was that's was a good that, point is that she is that she herself is a mirror yeah you know not just not just you know, the, not the, just her mirror, mirror but she herself, not right? Not just her mirror. Yeah. You know, and of course, the the, the title of the, the mirror of Galadriel well, can mean the mirror that belongs to Galadriel or the mirror that is Galadriel. Yes, that's a you know, very and good so point. she she you know, and I think that's what in in a sense you could say so unnerved Boromir. Yeah, it was because it was like looking at himself in the mirror. Yeah, you know, um, that was uh, that was one moment. Uh, another moment was when I think I realized that the the wheel of fire is like i gotta do this like an analogy the wheel of fire is to frodo as the eye of sauron is to sauron yes you know and and that that's what the wheel of fire is 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 is, is that's why frodo is seeing it it's because it's like he's seeing himself a, that's kind of like his you know uh it, you know if if frodo did manage to defeat sauron like that's going to happen, but what what would his orcs have had on their on their on their uh, on yeah. their shields? A wheel of fire instead but, of and, instead and, of and, an and eye of red. Yeah, and, and 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 that was realizing that that's what that what that meant to him because he, once he gets into Mordor, yeah, 
Uh, yeah. He never. He doesn't see the eye in his mind anymore. No. The wheel of fire. I mean, he sees it on orc shields. Yep. He, he sees it on like on a fly. You know, I remember the fly. And he does, little... of course, see the, the, the eye of Sauron when he's on the slopes of Mount Doom. He sees it looking north. But right. he's seeing at that point this this beam, essentially, right? And it knocks right, it down. But right. you're right. In terms of the eye of Sauron, what we see in the Land of Shadow and Mount Doom chapters is the wheel of fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that's what he's seeing in his mind is, as he's coming closer. Yeah, you know, because Frodo ends up with this with this situation where there's this. Uh, it it boils down to for him, the ring is my burden versus the ring is mine. Right. And as he gets closer and closer to Mount Doom, those two paths converge. They do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because you and, can see the difference still yeah. in like the Tower of Kirithongol when Sam mm-hmm. first offers to say, "I could keep it a little longer if you'd like." You know, when, when he's when he's got the ring after, you know, thinking he had to take it from Frodo's body. Right. And, and Frodo talks about how it's my burden. But right. you're right. As they get closer and closer, it those two roads definitely converge, especially mm-hmm. on, on that exactly. slope, the slopes of Mount Doom and the Wheel of Fire. And, 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 when, when Sam sees yeah. or thinks he hears essentially the voice coming from the Wheel of Fire right. speaking to Gollum. Mm. Right, right. Wow. Exactly. Folks, I got to tell you, if you're not listening to the Prancing Pony podcast, please at least listen to the episodes on Mount Doom coming up because we go deep into that. We have Tom on to talk specifically about some of those moments uh, in Mount Doom. Yes, he's talking about the book, but we're focusing all of our questions on that that last step of the journey, right? The, the, the steps from Gollum's attack to the destruction of the ring. So please at least tune into those if you haven't. Um, Tom, what's the key thing that you want readers to come away with? And, and maybe it's a piece of knowledge, but maybe it's a question, right? What is it you want people to be thinking about or considering when they walk away and close the book on pity, power, and Tolkien's ring? That's a good question. I don't Stumped know. You. Never, you know, I well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't really. I don't. I don't like. You know. You know, this is like you know the thing I hated about applying to college was statements of purpose. Yes. I ended up going to the college. I ended up going to. I chose because they did not make me write a statement of purpose. <laughs> purpose. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I hate stuff like that. You know, and 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 that's uh, fair. I, you, you know, know, I get that. Somebody goes, you know, so what's the elevator pitch for your podcast? I'm like. How do I give you an elevator pitch for a podcast that's got 320 episodes and every episode's an hour and a half long? <laughs> right. How do I condense 500 hours to 30 seconds? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so what do I want people? To, I, I want people to see that, you know, because that all too often, you know, uh, I mean, of course, you've got the, the the people who say, "Oh, Tolkien, it's all black and white." Right. You know, there's all, there's all, you know, there's no gray. And it's like, oh, there's a lot. Somebody's not reading carefully if that's what they think. Yeah. No, no, no there's 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 a, there's a huge amount of gray in there, you know, and also that people don't see, um, some uh, you know, then there are other people who just like see Frodo as like this total saint. Yeah. And 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 you know, and I'm not knocking Frodo. No, you know, I'm not knocking Frodo. No, he. But as but, we talked about, he's the only one who could have gotten as far as he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he was. But but and 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 that there there are things that the ring brings out in Frodo. Yeah. Or the things that that you know under the pull of the ring, you know, uh, you know when when you know when Frodo decides that the only way he can control Gollum is is to make him swear by the ring. Right. 
and allows Gollum to refer to him as the master of the precious. You yeah. know, uh, when outside the Black Gate, when Frodo yeah. uh, threatens him, you know, and basically, uh, you know, uh, uh, taunts him and terrorizes him. You will like, never get it. He's yeah. lying there on the ground. Like, yeah. in, 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 he's like this puddle of Smeagol on the ground. <laughs> puddle you know, of Smeagol. And, and, uh, and, you know, and, and so that, that there, and then his, his, you know, uh, I mean, that there, that there's a lot of, that there's gray in, in all, in, in so many of these characters. Yeah. That's you know, a good one. I, I, I like that. No, yeah. that's a, that's a solid answer because I think you're right. A lot of us sort of venerate Frodo and I know I've been guilty of that in the past, I think. And I know one of the things you wrote in the book that really opened my eyes was how he was just as nervous when Galadriel confronted him mentally as when, mm -hmm. as, as Boromir was when she confronted him. I mean, he, he asks these, this, this question about, you know, why can't I see the, the other rings and, and know the thoughts of those who wear them? And she's like, what is wrong with you, man? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he goes, Oh, I'm allowed to use it. Oh, you are. Oh, you are. Wait a yeah. minute. I mean, okay. Permitted under the most dire of circumstances, perhaps, but that's different from, Sure, you could put it on anytime you want. No, don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're right. Was that an innocent question? I, I don't think so, man. I mean, I, I you know, I, it was. I think it was a case where he was again, like like a silder saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll just give the well, ring. right." In his own mind, it's yeah. it's not. He's asking it with an ulterior motive. It's he's asking it while the ring has an ulterior motive. Right, right. He, yeah. you know, he doesn't realize the implications of what he's asking. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, and and it's just like. You know, she realized that those implications. Yeah. Just like you know, when 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 she says, "Okay, we've decided, time to go." Yeah. It's because it's like, you know, the 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 the, the choice not to use the ring. Yeah. Is a choice you have to make every time. Every time. It doesn't like it's not like one choice nope. and you've made it and it's all over. Uh, you know, and 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 that's why um, you know, and 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 so and that's why okay. It's, it, we've decided. Let's let's go. You have to leave tomorrow. Yeah, because I don't want to have to make this choice again. <laughs> I've made this choice. You know? I don't want to have to keep making it every day for the next. Yeah, precisely, yeah. precisely. You know, and and in a sense, you know, um, you know, by the time Frodo gets to the Samoth Nauer, he's he, he's made the choice one too many times. Yeah, and he he can't make it. In, he can't choose the not you know, there. The, the ring is, and you know, and he has convinced himself under the influence of the ring that the right choice is not to throw the ring in. Yeah. Instead to claim it for himself, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is some good stuff. Tom, thank you for joining me today. Well, I know we've talked a lot lately about your book and I'm glad we have. It's been absolutely fantastic. So I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, for all your support, Alan. Absolutely, Tom. Well, folks, that is it for today's Fandom Friday, but come back next time for another Fandom Friday to meet another of your fellow Tolkien fans and maybe even learn what niches of the community you might be interested in exploring. Maybe you're going to write a book next. And if you're interested in joining me here for a future Fandom Friday, let me know by emailing barlaman at theprancingponypodcast.com. Please visit patreon.com slash Tolkien Times to learn how you can support the show, get an ad-free feed, a monthly hangout with me, a bonus weekly episode, and a whole lot more. And then join me again tomorrow on today's Tolkien Times as we wrap up this week with Silmarillion Saturday. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Please follow or subscribe in your podcast apps and follow at Tolkien Times on social media. Finally, as Faramir says, go with the goodwill of all good men. <laughs>